From Miami Law, I'm Annette Uges, and this is The Explainer. People generally do not realize the interdependence between environmental protection and the protection of indigenous people. But these people are incredibly important for the conservation of the Amazon's ecosystem. The protection of cultural diversity is a necessary condition for the protection of the environment. Welcome back to another season of the Miami Law Explainer, the legal affairs podcast where Miami law experts lend context and historical relevance to today's headlines. Within another banner year of devastating fires in the Amazon, the global pandemic is having annihilating effects on the indigenous populations. Miami Law's international and comparative constitutional law and human rights expert Pablo Rueda Saiz reimagines health as a fundamental right. Let's go to executive producer Catherine Skip with the interview. Good morning, Pablo. Welcome to Miami Law and welcome to The Explainer. Hello, Catherine, and thank you for this interview. Oh, of course. The Amazon rainforest contributes a major part of overall global health. Let's start with the causes and impacts of last year's and this year's fires. Okay, well, the first thing that we need to do is to distinguish between natural fires that occur commonly in the Amazon during the dry season that goes from December, January until April. That happens almost every year. But the fires occurring during the last dry season were not the ordinary fires that you see each year. Um, the natural trend, you know, of ordinary fires, natural fires, uh, has been aggravated by climate change. Heat points, which are an indicator of the vulnerability of the fires in the Amazon, have increased 157% between January and April this year, according to the mm. Colombian System of Climate Information in the Amazon. Okay. Now, on the other hand, most of these fires were created by human beings, the one this year, with very specific purposes. The first purpose was expanding cattle ranching, also expanding coca plantations and mining areas in the Amazon. Now, the fires this year have been 45% greater than last decade's average. Only in Brazil, uh, there have been more than 6,000 fires reported this year, according to the World Wildlife Fund. Now, the worrying part of it is that what is happening lately is that there is a greater complacency on the part of the state. Um, as it involves especially the government of Jair Bolsonaro in Brazil. When Bolsonaro said that he was sending the army to combat these fires, they were actually doing the opposite. They were helping cattle ranchers expand their farms. This has been well documented. Now, other governments, like in Colombia, Venezuela, or Peru, may have also been, you know, rather negligent or incapable of preventing or controlling these fires. Or for the most part, they just have been, you know, happily looking the other way. Now, one might argue for the sake of discussion that the people causing these fires are poor people and they need to expand their land to produce a source of income or food. However, it has been largely demonstrated that the people that cause these fires are not the ones benefiting from them. 
Okay. Large cattle ranches, for example, in particular, have benefited from these fires. And at least in the case of Colombia, they have hired arsonists to do so. Now, these fires have been accompanied by other illegal activities, like the construction of illegal roads, for instance. Mm -hmm. In Colombia, um, between January and April this year as well, um, 280 kilometers of roads have been discovered in the Amazon. Illegal roads have been discovered okay. in the Amazon. Um, now, it is simply impossible to affirm that local authorities do not realize that a road is being built. And it is ludicrous to think that poor people, you know, that lack food are the ones building them. Now, as for the consequences, well, bear in mind that the Amazon is the largest rainforest in the world, and it holds 17% of the world's fresh water reservoir. People in other parts of the world tend to think that the consequences of our environmental degradation in this specific ecosystem only involve the flora and fauna in the area, ignoring not just the fact that the Amazon has a very important role in capturing carbon and in water production worldwide, and how, um, but also they ignore that at least three, 34 million people, people are living in the Amazon right now. And many of these belong to indigenous groups. There are more than 350 indigenous groups living in the Amazon without considering those that live in voluntary isolation. Okay, so that brings us up to the other things that are happening uh, in the rainforest. So through, I don't know, government mismanaged, calculated order, uh, the indigenous people of the Amazon seem to be dying at a, at a higher rate than, than other Brazilians. Is the world watching this or are, are all these things sort of going on while everyone's looking elsewhere? Well, I don't know if the world is really watching, but I do know that the world does not realize the importance of indigenous people for the Amazon and for the world as a whole. And there's also something that makes this pandemic even worse. It kills the elders. So it kills the elders, and with them, a whole body of knowledge about this very important ecosystem simply dies. You see, people generally do not realize the interdependence between environmental protection and the protection of indigenous people. But these people are incredibly important for the conservation of the Amazon's ecosystem. The protection of cultural diversity is a necessary condition for the protection of the environment. So we talked a little about about the deforestation, um, where is that going? Is, is, is it worsening? Is, you know, kind of what impact today is, is, is it being watched? Is it being monitored more carefully? Or are we just looking at this as something that's going to continue on unchecked? Yes. Well, one of the things that is going on is of course, COVID. Um, and since COVID, um, the situation of the Amazon and its people has worsened significantly. So what you say is actually quite true. Um, you asked me before whether the world was watching. Not only do I believe that the world is not watching, I know that local authorities, um, and by local authorities I do not mean only subnational entities, but also national entities, um, are not watching. Mm-hmm. 
the eight the governments of the eight countries that are part, have part in the Amazon are simply not watching. In March, for example, um, the reservation of the Nukak people in Colombia, one of the last surviving nomadic people in the world, was consumed by 20 sim simultaneous fires, and the government did nothing about it. So the people, the Nukak people, don't have a place to stay, don't have a place where to feed, don't have anything right now. What needs to be done globally, locally, to, to stop this, to, to curtail the damage, to repair the damage, to save the people? Well, I think first and foremost, what is most urgent right now is improving the health systems that provide services in the Amazon. Remember that in Latin America, there is a long history of genocide through illnesses transmitted by humans. You know, that goes back all the way to the conquest, to the Spanish conquest. Um, most indigenous people were killed, not because of the wars, but because of germs. Mm -hmm. So that is an issue. That is a very urgent issue. In the longer run, I believe the world needs to assume its responsibility towards the Amazon and its people. Working with the Latin American governments to preserve this whole ecosystem is a key component of this. There's actually a very interesting proposal involving the eight countries that have territories in the Amazon to create an international reserve system, sort of a double reserve system that mm -hmm. protects both the people that live in the Amazon and their cultures, as well as the environment. Now, this is a very ambitious proposal, yet it is a necessary one. It is a necessary project that seeks to protect the whole Amazon ecosystem from the Peruvian Andes to the Atlantic coast where the river reaches the sea in Brazil. Okay. Let's hope it happens someday. Yes, let's. And not someday, but someday very soon. Yes. Um, is there one thing that you would like to leave our listeners with, like a call to action, uh, here's something to chew on? Yes, I think it is the realization that <laughs> environmental issues and cultural protection are not two separate things. They're actually parts, integral parts of the same kind of, I guess, holistic um, approach that we need to have towards the Amazon. Hmm. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time uh, to educate us, uh, and I appreciate it. Well, thank you very much, Catherine. We'll see you around. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye-bye. All righty, bye. Thanks for joining us at The Explainer. If you love our show, leave us a five-star review with your podcast provider and ask your friends to subscribe. You can always drop us a comment at explainer at miami.edu. Our show is engineered and edited by Christopher Alzadi with theme music composed by Rady Kim from the Frost School of Music. I'm your host, Annette Uges. Today's episode is brought to you by Miami Law's upcoming virtual fireside chat, The Rooney Race, Rule, and Access in Athletics, with Jim Rooney and Jeremy Duro on September 30th. For more information and free registration, visit law.miami.edu.